0: and gents what's good people it's Reg. it's stone
1: and right now we're outside of a bodega on kingston and troop we're about to go purchase our first official marijuana cigarette we're gonna go outside <laughs> and smoke it in front of nypd blow it right in their faces because that's the kind of Men that we are, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna show them, show show them right, right there where where we stand, and probably get
0: beaten by batons yeah, because
1: they they suck. They, they don't give a fuck. We're still gonna I, get arrested. I, don't
0: smoke I, in front of the cops, people. Wait, wait. Right. Yeah, i was gonna say we're still gonna get shot. Like <laughs> we're still gonna get shot.
1: Oh, it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be like. But he was. It's I. I somebody said, "I smell gunpowder."
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm and not even. <laughs> I'm not going to even have like a marijuana cigarette in my hand. I'm going to have a pen. <laughs> and I'm still going to get shot. <laughs> womp womp. But uh,
1: but yes, uh, I guess. Thank you, sex candles. Uh, weed is now officially legal in New York. Uh, not in the stores yet, but probably knowing the way the U.S. government works, maybe the year two thousand thirty-eight. But eventually, it's coming. So I guess it's a positive. Um, they're gonna expunge like records, which is really actually, i and sadly enough, I care more about that than anything
0: else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: like that's the big one. So you know, props to them. But uh, yeah, no new New Age. Hopefully, uh, like I said, the cynics, the, the cynical person in me says NYPD will find a new way to hem everybody up, but for now so it's a, it's a good day
0: uh, let's let's just take the w while we can <laughs> while we so, still this, can <laughs> they, they
1: come let's they come so, hold so infrequently we should enjoy it while we can
0: exactly exactly Ooh.
1: but uh i guess uh the big music news is that uh so um surprisingly enough in the industry that pretty much has very little unions, very little collective efforts, is very much divide and conquer. Uh, A group of songwriters decided to put their names to a piece of paper, basically demanding an end to a practice of effectively putting people's names as songwriters' credits just because. Not because they actually wrote the song, just because of ego. And as a result... Because those names are, on the credit, their actual hard work, the work that they did to actually make those songs, they don't really get paid as much. Like It basically goes to the artist directly.
0: Yeah, which is, I mean, I, I don't know how much we want to get in the weeds here, but basically, um, as far as I know, um, you make way more money uh, from the songwriting and the publishing than you do as a performing performance artist, right? So, um, you know, the, the songwriters for a lot of popular songs actually make more money on a per stream basis and the actual person performing the song. And that's just kind of how the, the system's set up. Um, and it, it seems like um, there's a two-fold effort here where like artists want to kind of like get a piece of that money, but also too, they want to like go on media and say, yo, I wrote the song, right? Um, which is also, <laughs> <laughs> we have Wikipedia. We know that song has 15 writers, <laughs> <laughs> so, come on, my, bro
1: My fave, uh, rest in peace Kanye was, Remember when he was giving everybody his songwriter credit? So yeah. he had that one song that was like John Lennon, Madonna, you know Biggie Smalls, Obama
0: <laughs> Tom Cruise <laughs> Yeah, it, it's <laughs> I, I, I was on that track I got, uh, I got, I got my royalties. Like nice, nice. I'm, get no, get them know. points, baby. <laughs> I'm about to take that that private jet to San Domingo. Off that Kanye money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's like one of those things where the music industry is so unregulated that you know it's literally just kind of handshakes, deals, and things like that. And also, too, you don't want to. Call, it's so like, um, I guess personality driven and so personal uh, relationship driven that you don't want to like rock the boat. So you don't want to like call out bullshit because you're probably not going to get another gig, right? If you, if you're the, the, the person known for starting trouble, why would I work with this person? So you have a lot of these bullshit activities continue to happen, um, behind the scenes, um. And a lot of people were scared to, like, speak up. So, I mean, props to, to these songwriters for speaking up and adding their names. And, you know, people can Google the artists that they've wrote for. I don't think they specifically say, like, you know, Ariana Grande is, like, stealing my you know, whatever. But, like, you can kind of, like, connect the dots. Um, and I think that's huge. I think that's, that's, that's really huge because they're, they're putting their bag on the line, you know. So So, props to them
1: yeah no it, it's and, and the thing is it's not necessarily a, a new practice. I mean back in Elvis he was infamous for that also. I think where I kind of got shocked was and and you know it, it goes back to the idea of, and like you mentioned is the idea of where people want to brag. there's a certain there's for some reason it's like uh, everybody kind of wants to have everybody wants to be like Stevie Wonder. yeah everybody wants to be like Prince. Everybody wants to be like these multifaceted, multi-talented artists. And, and not to be funny, not everybody's built that way. Some people are really good singers, but that's it. And I think there's this idea of where, as we kind of kind of go into the weeds of, even beyond that, the basic idea of curing money for yourselves, this idea of marketability. And I kind of remember, and, I, I, and long story short, it's going to turn into a funny Lauryn Hill story. Because remember when she got sued by all those songwriters? Mm. I remember, and again, not to say that Lauryn Hill hasn't made some missteps since, I remember on the time a lot of the conversation was the fact of where the reason why those credits went that way was less about uh you know a tyrannical Lauren Hill in a room somewhere throwing chairs demanding that she did this all, but the idea of where you know for a period of time Lauren Hill was a super superstar. Yeah. Like, we forget where she was in, like, fucking... She had a Hollywood blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. She was in a group that was fucking... Had one of the biggest songs of the fucking year. Like, she was somebody... She was less Badu, more Taylor Swift, as for oh, yeah. Ascendance. And so she had this big major label money behind her. I, I, my memory says it was Clive Davis. I'm not 100% sure. But long story short, the reason why those credits went the way it was was because they wanted to market her as this, like, you know, this, this art tour genius where obviously she's had a whole bunch of collaborators helping her out with that vision. Again, no shame in it. As somebody who kind of dabbles in musicianship, I realize that shit is hard by herself. Yeah. Sometimes you need a motherfucking in the room. Sometimes you need a motherfucker with somebody, just, somebody help tighten your beats up, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Somebody. And I'm just a hobbyist, and I, this shit's rough. So a lot of the rumors basically that the reason why that went down the way it was is because they wanted to have this, you know, this artistic sheen of where she, you know, she created this this, this entity on her own, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, when it wasn't the case. And I, and I think that's the problem is the idea of where... You know they want to have this prestige, and like I said, what's fucked up is like I'll be honest with you. I thought a lot of these cases they were just doing it on paper, but not really. Like on the back end, people were still getting the paper. Yeah, like it's fucked up to be taking the money too. Like I thought it was on something like all right, bro, I'm gonna put fucking that. You know that I'm I'm gonna put the millie vanilla wrote this, but on the low we'll make sure that money gets to you. Probably not, but at least they made that deal. But it looks like no straight up that. Those album credits went straight to the artists with, under the idea of where you should be "quote unquote" honored for it. And now it's and it's fucked up. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's, it's super crazy. And you know, and, and I'm just like looking at the light right now. I mean, the artists have so many other revenue streams. Like Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande, have like so many other things that they can do, right? Like Ariana Grande's songwriter can't like, or like Taylor Swift or Rihanna, like like Rihanna's songwriter can't just launch Fenty Beauty. Right? (laughs) So, you know, come on, like, why are you hogging the bag? Like, why are you kind of hogging, like, like, you know, why are you trying to take this, also this thing as well? Um, You know, and understand, you know, again, like songwriting credits probably pay out the most money, but these songwriters are pretty much invisible and this is how they eat. And they're yeah. not always like making hits like every single every single time, right? They're writing like, you know, tens or hundreds of songs and maybe one out of those hundreds of songs are actually hits. So, you know, it's 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 not like uh, like like they're, you know, living this lavish lifestyle along with the artist. So yeah, I just don't understand it. Um, I really wish there was like rules and regulations around this. Um, but I, I doubt that'll happen. Um but you know, there should be some standardization around like who is a songwriter or whatever. There's standardization around like Grammy categories, right? <laughs> Remember it's like thirty like it must contain thirty five percent of R and Bause record must have <laughs> sung by, by a black person or somebody who passes for black. Um <laughs> You know, you have that for, for Grammy categories. Like, Why why can't you have that for, for some type of regulation or standardization for this type of stuff? Because, um, you know, it's just, again, it's so blatant and so crazy. I'm glad, like, people are getting called out, you know?
1: Yeah, no, and like I said, you nailed it. It's the idea of where this is it. This is their back. Like, at the end of the day, if you're a performer, you know, you've got merch. You've got fucking, look, look at Travis Scott's fucking just licensing that came out everywhere. There's a lot of ways for you to make money. <laughs> If you're a songwriter, it's basically like, yo, you're sitting at home, working on these tracks. Maybe, you see, like if you're a big star, you get flown out to the fucking, you know, Jimmy Fallon show and get to do all these dances. If you're a songwriter, you just you, they fly you out to a fucking hotel room. You're in a room. The most you get as far as fucking like, you know, like quote unquote stardom is basically, you know, mashing it up with other songwriters and other producers in the studio somewhere trying to come up with a hit to sell to somebody else. Um, Babyface, ironically enough, uh, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago on his Twitter or Instagram, put up. Remember the Whisperers, Brock uh,
0: Yeah,
1: we he has a, he so he put up his the demo version of it. It's the same fucking song. Like, down to the fucking drum patterns, to the fucking synth lines. It literally sounds like Babyface covering that song, but it was Babyface basically making this whole song from scratch, him and Reed, and handing it over to this fucking well-established R&B group on some, like, you know, we're still coming up. You know, I'm not Babyface yet. Here's a track for you to fucking sell and give us some cash. And, you know... For somebody like Babyface, it's important because that's how he kind of became the singular artist he is as today. It's kind of fucked up to take these people's cash because they don't really, you know, by the nature of the beast, it's an opportunity, but it's not, like, you know, like you said, it's, it's you're only as good as your last hit. And yeah. at the end of the day, you can't really tour Vegas 20 years from now on some, I wrote these songs. <laughs> you just don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, songwriting songwriting is a gift and a skill. And there's just you know, I mean, look look at all like the songwriter turned artists like Bruno Mars and Sia. Like you know, like to write a hit song takes a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like it's 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 artistry, creativity, and also luck at the same time, right? So just. Just give, give them the paper, give them the paper, like y'all will be okay. Give them the paper, like, come on, we shouldn't even be talking about this. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, agreed, agreed, agreed. And yeah. I, like I said, it's, it's something where for our industry to kind of pride itself on creatives, don't steal our music. You know, the, the, here are the names that do it. Here's, here's an award to the guy who drew a picture on the album cover. Like, you know, for for when it comes to times to give awards, they recognize the important things. And even though I kind of cracked the joke about album covers, but like album art, engineering, all these very micro categories where as far as industry is concerned, they're very important. It's just wonky that when it comes to the most important thing, the person who writes the songs, they get dicked. That's just fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's probably so I, I guess like this ties into the other thing. This, this is just music industry news day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always good news, surprisingly. Oh, it's never, never bad news. Uh, well, so so our boy, Spree Wilson. Uh, Shouts to Spree. Uh, Shouts to Spree. Shasta Spree. Uh, Spree Wilson, where are you at? Like, uh, always a good dude. Um, but he, he kind of started uh, a, a Twitter thread um, basically talking about a lot of these artists and this is probably why they're trying to get the songwriting cut because they're selling their publishing um to like basically these hedge funds and you know it used to be i think for the past like 10-15 years that you know as an artist you never sell your publishing you know because that's how they would basically you know labels would take that and and exploit it and you know whatever so you know I, I guess he was saying as, as a artist it's that you never sell your publishing you always want to hold that you want to always want to own your masters selling your masters is slavery blah, blah blah and now everybody and their mother are selling out um selling their publishing to all these you know um basically hedge funds uh, so like fleetwood mac uh, shakira you know Dylan. Like a, yeah like a lot of big names are just kind of selling out and like cashing out which is really interesting um and kind of sad, but I don't know. Like part of me, I I don't know how you feel. Part of me is like I understand though, I understand. You know, like oh yeah, like,
1: yeah. You yeah. know yeah, they they broke it down. It's the idea of where I mean. All right, so the music industry is flush now, but it's also in a weird fucking space. Yeah, as as you saw, you know, literally you had billions of dollars flowing through Live Nation, Ticketmaster. Thanos came and snapped his fingers um, a year ago and then that immediately dried up you've got the idea of where you know as far as streaming is concerned it's, it's all consolidated to basically three major players and that might be stretching it with apple title and fucking uh, spotify yeah
0: let's say two and a half maybe
1: yeah so and, and so the, 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 it's, it's fucked up out there so it's like if you're if you're creative if you're in a certain level of your career why not take that you know hundred million dollar check and bounce you know particularly if you're somebody like Fleetwood Mac somebody like Dylan where you know you you're not gonna be you're not gonna be touring full full, full. you're you're beyond the, I'm gonna go hit this, the the twenty nine cities in a month type stage of your life you know what I'm saying True. True. you might come out there do a song here and there at best you're not even doing Vegas for the most part you just collecting your flowers like like literally wake up it's like what flowers am i collecting today i'm going to go over here to collect this award cool let me fly my private jet to go do that so respect that the issue though is i think that and and in that is the idea is what's the bigger implication if you've got these established artists like hey i don't even think this is worth to pass down i'd rather have my kids have the cash than the publishing it kind of gets weirdly darker because at the end of the day, someone's hedging their bets that the music is worth more now in this weird flux period than it will be worth you know, 20 years down the line when the kids get a little older and want to do X, Y, Z. And that's where it kind of gets a little scary. It, it kind of doesn't look well for the industry. Again, the industry is not music. Music is doing fantastic. There's, there's more great... like Personally, as a music listener, I'm feasting. But I think as a music maker who wants to eat off this, it's kind of scary.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, you posted the, the the Kenny Fresh reply with the Twitter feed. And, you know, essentially, I think Kenny Fresh was basically like, look at Spotify. And they're doing everything except music right now. Podcasts, audio books. Apparently, they're jumping into, like, some type of clubhouse clone. You know, um, music is now becoming a secondary like stream or secondary vertical for the largest music streaming and con- and largest music consumption platform like in the world. And that says a lot, you know, and, and, and it, it's really sad, you know, it's, it's really sad because yeah, Fleet Mac, Fleetwood Mac, Bob Dylan, they can cash out, they can get the a hundred million, you know, they have like 40, 50 years of music, you know, they would be straight, but like, like what's the motivation for a young artist coming up, right? Like, like you know, it used to be cool, you know, you um, you create a body of work, you make it popular and you have your masters and you get to license that to eternity. And it seems like that's just not the case. Like music is now becoming something that's so uh, fleeting. Um, and yeah, it, it's a very dark, dark, dark space. I, I don't think it's that dark yet. <laughs> I think music is still going to serve a purpose, and especially I think like once once you know, the world opens up, um, and you know we we get to engage with live music again. I think that's going to pop off like like real tough. But in terms of like the way that we consume music, it's becoming less and less physical. The, The way that like songs don't really kind of live with us like like songs of the past, right? Like. I don't know like something like a old town road is that going to live with us for 50 years like a you know like a bob dylan song or a fleetwood mac song right so i I think we are getting to this point where music the value of, of actual music and the value of artistry is decreasing at a rapid rate the artistry i think is still going to be there because we still are going to seek it out but the value is just going to be decreasing and i'm not mad at people looking at it especially like a fleetwood mac who's like yo like we're kind of big on tiktok right now like let's let's just like take this money we're at the highest value probably we have been in years i listened to a whole gang of fleetwood mac coming back from upstate (laughs) 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 i probably added a little some pennies to their to their to their deal um but you know like like i i don't blame you when you look at the landscape you know, you look at like kind of where where things are, um you know, so high basically. So
1: yeah, no, it's it's and it it, it goes to the idea and it, again, I I hate kind of having this this I hate having this kind of discussion because it seems very redundant. But it's that because it's, it's it's very easy to kind of slide into the old head. They aren't really making any good music anymore. Yada yada yada. But I think also the bigger issue is the fact of where like the reason why I think music is very fleeting is that, and again, it sounds weird saying it, like there is no A&R. And r i am going to say A&R was always a good thing, you know, shot to jizzes of Mount Climber playing electric guitar. But the idea of where, you know, back in the days used to invest in you, here's your budget, here's a studio. You want to have strings on this fucking song? Cool. You know, we can't, we'll give you, here's your, here's your 30 grand to make this happen. And I think what's been happening is, you know, record labels want somebody who's fully formed. It's just like, you know, I'm a young dude, I'm here making beats. You know, look look like we'll circle back to those little Nas X. You've got a dude here who's fucking fantastic on social media, who went, bought a beat, you know what I'm saying, made a song, is a fantastic fucking social media troll, you know what I'm saying? And I mean trolling him in a good way where he knows how to get people excited marketed the song did all this crazy work and i'm not going to say i'm not going to say that they didn't really invest in him per se i mean they did have a billy cyrus remix they have a new video but for the most part he kind of already had a hit before anybody saw and that's what's been kind of depressing is the fact of where you've got a lot of these acts coming out of nowhere a lot of these young trap rappers you got a lot of these young dudes and it's just like bam they just kind of show up fully formed for online following with tracks and it's like, you know, the record deal comes to them like, yo, what's honey for X, Y, Z? They give them the same shady deal that's always been given. And then they move on to the next because ultimately, at the end of the day, what did they really invest? They invested nothing. There was no crazy, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, no, like, definitely. Were, yeah, there's no there's no budget. You know, the most it popped throughout, there's a couple of features of like fucking Drake. You know what I'm saying? Things that are built in and that's about it. And And I think the problem here is the fact of where it's not sustainable. If you're building... If your whole industry is built off the fact of where you are effectively hoping that these youngest prior musicians give you a hit wonder, you get that hit wonder, one hit wonder, and then that's it. You kind of cash your chips in, cash your chips out. It's not long-term sustainable. Again, the industry wasn't always album-based. It wasn't always about all streaming and everything else, but at the same time, at least it felt like in the past, you had ways of touring. You had, there was ways to make money, Making music that are definitely locked away now in the year 2021. is not the same.
0: No, it's not the same. And you know, like, uh you know, shout out to my boy uh, P. Morris. Um, so this cat, uh he makes like ephemeral beats, uh, a really cool dude, <laughs> but he's making coffee right now. He's got coffee <laughs> on Bandcamp. <laughs> I bought bought some Morris coffee, you know, and I I think that's kind of where, where like the, the industry is moving. Like you can't just like make music because that music, you know, kind of has, I wouldn't say no value, but it's just like, it's, you have to like diversify and it's, it it sucks for, it sucks that you have to do that. Like, I, you know, it's cool if you, if you are an artist and you want to diversify because you, you just have like a lot of like talent but it sucks that you have to. And I feel like that's where we're moving, um, especially with, I getting like really morbid, but like, you know, things are gonna open up. There's gonna be music venues again. There's gonna be live music again, but there's gonna be less live music venues, right? So there's gonna be more of <laughs> a gatekeeping system to get into these venues as like a lot of them close. So, um, you know, even that's just like super crazy. So, So yeah, if you find a way to to you know, cash those checks and win the lottery. Like more power to you. You know, like like Shakira. You know, like I Shakira. We don't really need another Shakira song. I've, I've been waiting, man. Cash those I've checks. I'm I'm out there. Cash those checks, girl. Like I I'm not mad. You're not going. You're probably not going to get like another like crazy ass hit. So you might as well. I, I remember
1: I got put on to Shakira years ago because I can't say it was a debut album, but early on in her career, before she crossed over to America, she's, I believe, part Lebanese, could be half Lebanese. Yeah. So she had an album that had a lot of, like, it was basically a mix of, uh, obviously a b- mix of Latin pop music, but also like Middle Eastern pop music, and that was Flames. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that to come back. Shakira, come home. Come <laughs> home to Morocco, Shakira. I, I
0: can actually I, I I, I I'm kind on of day that. one. Yeah, I can <laughs> Because, like, uh, again, like, what, at this point, you're a multimillionaire. You just, like, sold your bag for, like, $100 million. Like, why not? You could you yes. can do whatever the fuck you want now. You come know? on,
1: we'll get, get some c top players. Let's, let's get this shit popping. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? We'll get Timberland to come out there do some more Middle Eastern beats for you. Oh, we, can, we, can, we can bring this back.
0: Yo, you know I, re- I, re- I remember that, 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 that small moment when, like, Middle Eastern beats and, like, um, uh, Bollywood beats were, like, the thing oh they were flames <laughs> no
1: but they were I, I greatly prefer that era to the spanish guitar era we were we were, we were doomed to for like three or four years in rmb and hip-hop <laughs> <laughs> like literally there's a whole bunch of fucking like garage band files you know spanish guitar one spanish guitar two this is like come on
0: i mean I, we should do a whole podcast on like that that like weird ass like spanish era when they, when they couldn't figure out like i feel like like we're in a better place now because like the spanish like latin music is more authentic it's coming from the streets but those are that weird time when you had like um carlos santana like popped up again <laughs> <laughs> with a dude from like uh what's that band oh man i forgot that like do um oh god i
1: didn't have to, oh fuck not yes. Moon 5, the other no, uh, 3 a.m. No. 3 yeah. a.m. and Sunday morning. Yeah, that damn. guy, you yeah. know, like
0: Wyclef had, like, you know, Maria Maria. Like, like you had, like, that weird ass, and then you had Shakira and Ricky Martin, and, like, you know, you had that weird ass period where, like, <laughs> they were trying way I, too hard.
1: <laughs> all right, I'm I'm going to put this out there. Lord knows I work a 9 to 5. i I'll probably be too tired to do this. I might put some smash guitar behind this little segment. I might go out there, no. grab some loops, put it, put it, you know, put that, you get, get know, start playing that. Maybe drink, pour myself a little glass of nouveau. Maybe some Incredible Hulk. You know what I'm saying? Put on my my nice long white tee. You know what I'm saying? Maybe an NBA jersey. You know what I'm saying? Have a matching mask and a matching Jordans. Go out there, you know, some holler at girls in the middle of the street. You know what I'm saying? I, I might bring this back. You know what I'm saying?
0: You know, have the Grand era. Cherokee out there blasting. 2000s era man Ooh, I'll be out there looking
1: just bringing it back Yo yeah. yo what y'all youngins know What y'all youngins know
0: It's crazy we gotta move on man But it's crazy that that shit's been I mean it's 20 years ago basically but it's like it's vintage now You look yeah. at shit in the 2000s You're like oh shit it's like how people Looked at like shit in the 70s <laughs> Like nothing is in HD All like the photos Are fuzzy and shit and I'm like oh man <laughs> Particularly like that,
1: there was that weird Hype Williams era where everything had a weird golden sheen to it. Yeah. Like, it's like, like it's kind of like how you watch a lot of action movies now and it's everything is all grays and blue tones. There was just like, they had this weird, every, everything is was, it was really saturated. bright in the club. Yeah, oversaturated. Yeah. The club was bright as shit, bro. How yeah. how was the club that bright back then? Bro, we should all be blind.
0: We, we thought we were doing big things, man. We thought Ooh. we were doing big things. Uh, anyway... <laughs> oh man. So I guess we gotta talk about this uh, this YG thing. Uh, oh
1: yeah, I mean it's
0: so long story
1: short, uh, I mean it's 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 a little more serious, but long story short, as we all know, you know, for some reason there's been a rise in race crimes, rise in hate crimes. I don't know why. Feels like it's happened in the last couple of years. But um, obviously with the recent virus has reached a certain apex, particularly with the Asian-American community. Lots of really fucked up crimes out there, a lot of really blatantly hateful crimes. Um, As a result, YG had a song called Meet the Flockers. Meet the Flockers has gotten in trouble in the past. Long story short, Meet the Flockers is a hip hop tale of a robbery. Uh, Very street level, very much like it starts with them casing casing out the house, you know, fencing the goods. Very much hip hop in story mode. But there is a line where basically they go rob and specifically an asian american family because they know they hide their monies in the bed not in the bank so obviously in this climate a very pop a very problematic lyric Um, nobody knows exactly what's happening but long story short the album got pulled off spotify um it's currently on title i believe Uh, the rumor is basically that it was initially some people internally at YouTube that complained, which kind of cascaded into it getting pulled off YouTube, Google Music, and Spotify. So we don't know necessarily if that's the case. Could be the the record label pulling it off, could be even YG himself pulling it off because he wants to retool it, maybe blank out that lyric, who knows. But uh, long story short, because of the sentiment behind that song, it looks like it got pulled. I'm of two schools. I could never really tell a group or marginalized group, particularly one that's suffering, how to feel as a black person. That would just be hypocritical to me. Yeah. Um, I do feel that specifically, though, this, so- and again, we're going to have to rewind because hip hop is problematic as shit. Niggas is not PC. It, it's, it's, I, this, man, I was, uh, get well better, DMX. But i was going on a dmx tour tour this weekend you know and whew, so, some of them lyrics some of them lyrics is a little rough yeah. I, I had a little I, I, I had to do a little the radio lore, you know driving around in my prius you know saying with my white neighbors i had to, I had to lower that radio down because it was coming <laughs> <laughs> little, little and again not not necessarily the other word but a, a lot of little homeless and homophobic slurs yeah it was quite a hook in the song so i was like wow So again, not to say hip-hop doesn't necessarily lead to reckoning. I feel like over time, it's gotten better. Like, I I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but like, you know, just the fact that, you know, this album from almost 20 years ago now, what he was saying wouldn't fly. What he was saying wouldn't fly for DMX Now if he dropped the song. Like, he even knows a little better. So I'm not going to necessarily crucify him for it. But that said... I think it was very interesting that this is the line they drew on this particular song where it's very blatantly like, you know, it's a story song. These guys aren't supposed to be role models. It's not supposed to be a positive song. It's supposed to be the song of somebody kind of going out there and robbing people who's obviously a bad person. It kind of shows you a street level idea of what's there. And that also requires, you know, the idea of, you know, whatever racial animus they might have there also. Also, I don't think it's celebratory. It's not like it's a random Migos line where they're out there popping bottles, pushing somebody in the face and saying a slur, but that's not the case here. And I think that hip hop definitely does need a reckoning as far as this history of kind of just casually ignoring the racism when it comes to other races, or when it comes to other fucking marginalized folks, definitely. I just don't think that's the song. I think it's a little unfair. I think it's a little short-sighted. I think that, I think this kind of falls more along the lines of let's say a cop killer I think it falls along the lines of, let's say, a two life crew. I think it falls along the lines of an NWA where, you know, people are kind of in an uproar about just basically black people talking about real street shit as opposed to an actual intent here to do harm.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, so, you know, shout out to all my Asian American people like they're going through some shit right now. And it, it's, it's a weird thing. And it's just, you know, black people went through some shit. We're always going through some shit last year. And like, it just feels like we're passing the race torch. We're on break. We're on break you know, for this season. You know, we're on break, you know, and we're passing the torch and, and you know, Woo. it's super crazy. Like, like people are just getting sucker punched. Like it's, 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 it's yeah. It's, it, it's, it's unexplainable. And all I gotta say is like I, I I feel like this is just collateral damage, right? Like you know, wrong place, wrong time. Um, you know, you just take the L. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. I and yeah. we we're talking about this before the before the pod. You know, we 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 start recording the podcast. Like, there's probably some strides in effect here. You know, because now people are going to start searching this song and searching for YG, and he's probably gonna like. Increases the streams just like Morgan Whalen, you know, who says like the N word and he's like the number one artist in the country. I feel like it's probably going to have that effect. So, you know, collect your streams basically <laughs> um, <laughs> from your songwriters, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and kind of take the L and move on. You know, it's like it, it's, it is what it is. Like it, it's, it's one of those things where it's just a, a weird moment right now, you know, and. You just, you got in a line of fire and doesn't matter if it's, it's if it's like hypothetical, if, if it's whatever, like these are real things happening right now and it is what it is. Um, I know a lot of people will probably disagree with me um, and, and kind of say like, well, no, it's, you know, like storytelling is free speech, like whatever, but it's like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. You know, it, it is what it is. Like, it's just, it's, it's not the right time you look like something's going to happen to another race and people are going to move on and we're going to forget, forget about this. And like, I'm sure those, that song will pop back up on the streaming services. Um, So yeah, just take the L dude. Just take the L. I don't know. Has has he said anything? No, he's kept
1: quiet. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just, you know, just keep quiet, lay low, like, you know, like whatever. Like I, I just, I just kind of feel like it's not it's not even you know because you know how artists like roll up on Twitter and try, try to double down. Like don't don't do that. Like please don't do that. Please don't Shout like. Shout to Killer Mike. <laughs> Shout out to Killer Mike. <laughs> please like don't like jump on IG Live. <laughs> oh, <laughs> try to double down.
1: It, even though know, I was like, joking.
0: Just, just don't do it.
1: <laughs> yeah no no it's not, it's not worth the fight. It's and and I, and like uh so two points before I go uh like I I think that uh. Like I said, it's I, I don't necessarily agree with that this is the right song to fight. I think definitely, like, like at, at, you know, Stone, how how many bars have you heard about fetishizing Asian women? How many bars have you heard about marijuana smoke related to slanty eyes? Like, hip-hop has a big problem with stereotypes. You know, which, what was that Daisy line, uh, what tribe are you? You're Indian, red dot of feather. Red, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, so, it's... yeah, so like I said, it's I am not mad at people finally saying, "Yo, this is kind of fucked up." Like I said, I just feel like that particular song is a little bit off. The, uh, on a quick side note, I just realized, you know, because we kind of dipped a little bit into people doubling down. Um, long, quick, very quick story. No name got into a killer mic basically over capitalism. For meeting of for uh, the the Georgia governor, I want to give a shout out to No Name because you know I feel that we were out here praising Pusha T. You know, what I'm saying praising all these rappers. No Name is buying these dudes. Fuck, <laughs> <Without> even bars. <laughs> no beats, just just Twitter freestyles.
0: With common sense, basically.
1: Common sense bars. <laughs>
0: Oh man, I, I I don't know. I don't have like that double down gene. Like I feel like that's just a gene I don't have. Like when I know like I'm wrong, if I know like, you know, I'm not gonna win the fight, like I, I just like retreat from the fight, like. It's cause like,
1: you're 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 an old black man enough. You have to, you, we haven't get, fully came into our powers. Once the graves start coming in, you know what I'm saying? We start hanging out at the barbershop a lot. We will get our power stone. Dude,
0: the Grays are here, man. Like. Oh, we got we got
1: more to go. We gotta get uh, out there. It's gonna, it's gonna be, we, about, we gotta drink more Henny. But eventually. <laughs> The, the raspy <laughs> voice will come out. They'll get a magical Nico powers. You can teleport anywhere. There's a white protagonist who has an issue. be able to teleport immediately. It's gonna be a beautiful thing. Trust me.
0: <laughs> anyway, why? Why'd you just like stay? Stay in your hole. Like just, just let it pass. Like yeah. you know. All right, yo, we got some new music.
1: New musica.
0: Uh, um, so.
1: I guess. Oh, well, you. I, I think I, I, I'll. Cause all right. So let me start off myself. All right. So for me, one of the big records that came out a week ago, basically Floating Points has a collaboration with Pharrell Sanders, um, London Oakashore is involved. Album came out very critically acclaimed. Me and someone were talking about it before. Um, as you kind of expect, Floating Points is an indie producer, electronic aside. By the nature of his name, you kind of guess how it sounds. So this record is a little bit esoteric. That said, it's kind of cool going back to the idea of flowers. It's kind of cool that Pharrell Sanders is out here, basically on a hot record. You know what I'm saying? That like it's critically acclaimed. It's just this, you know, very Sunday morning, put it in the background, do everything. You know, as the kids say, there aren't, there aren't any bops here, but it's just a really good meeting of everybody involved. And it's kind of cool seeing like a, a, an esteemed black musician, kind of you know, like I said, reaching out. Like it's just cool seeing like a dude with that much esteem, kind of getting the props he deserves from an audience that normally ignores that kind of music. Yeah. So long story short, shout out to that project.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, so I have two projects I, I could talk about like really, really quickly. Uh, the first is the Jazz Is Dead number six. Uh, with Gary Bartz, um, so Jazz Is Dead is like the series that it's basically uh, Ali Shaheed Muhammad from Call Quest and Adrian Young. Um, it's essentially them just kind of like pairing with you know old school jazz musicians, and they basically kind of played the backing band, um, and then you know that they let the musicians like shine basically, and kind of like do their thing so this is a sixth version you know um, I, I can't remember all the other like five ones but I know like Roy Harris is one um, and it's a really cool concept because I do think you know Ali Shahid and, and kind of even Adrian Young kind of having this like and I think we were talking about this earlier this hip-hop background I feel like you can kind of see the hip-hop influence in the backing tracks and then you kind of have this kind of old school artist kind of come in and do their thing. And it's a really cool marriage of like hip hop and jazz. Um, it, it might be a little bit like straightforward, especially if you look kind of like some of the London stuff, but like some of the LA stuff, but I I enjoy it. And I think this is probably next to the Roy Air. It's probably my favorite so far. Um, so Gary Bartz is like this really cool, Uh, saxophonist activists um and I think this kind of setup works great with a saxophonist because it's literally like you know the saxophone like kind of shines and you kind of have like this backing band in the background and I think like it just kind of works a little bit better than maybe like some other instruments in terms of like like having a backing band and a soloist right so uh, I think that's a really cool like kind of concept um and, you know, obviously it's playing on the word, like, you know, the theme of jazz is dead, but I don't know. It's like some of, it's just a really cool concept. And I, and I feel like it's something that, you know, I've been really enjoying and I just feel like these things are like just little surprises. I am like, Oh, it's, Oh snap. There's another one. There's another jazz is dead. Oh, cool. Dump, dump, dump. You know? Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to uh, really quickly talk about is uh, Modu Maktar. Um, so this is a band, um, from Northern Africa, I believe they're based in, uh, is it Nigeria or Mauritania? Like, I'm not sure, but essentially, um, uh, basically the lead singer and guitarist, um, always kind of idolized uh, like American rock music, couldn't afford a guitar, made a guitar yeah. with, with like string. Like uh, I forgot what it was. Like like some string from somewhere, or something and something else, um, and learn how to play. And I, I, I guess it's kind of a late pass. I know like they dropped the album in twenty nineteen, kind of called Alana which made yeah. a lot of like best best of lists, um, and kind of like really kind of like a lot of like you know like guitar people were idolizing all over this al- album. Um, so I went back to that album. And they also have a new track, which I did not put in the notes. Um, More militant, baby. More but militants. Their newest track is very militant, very like, yes. you know, fuck France, fuck colonization. Yes, you know. give it to me. And like they're going in. Um, they're all like, I guess they, they, they everything's in, in Tareg, uh, which is like the language. So I, I don't know. Uh, maybe they're like, fuck, fuck you, fuck you, Winston in particular it, it i don't goes know goes back again for um, the black people powers once you get a certain age it's like he mad
1: that that he goes angry
0: yeah <laughs> but know. i do have to say the, the guitar riffs on these like are, are just insane um yeah. the guitar riffs are insane and i'm like whoa this is like super crazy um especially for somebody who's like self taught um and i just i have a sweet spot for guitar riffs Cause I feel like you just don't hear like really well made cool ass guitar riffs. Um, so it sucks that I'm kind of catching on to them lakes. I know they toured the States in 2019, uh, in the before times. Um, hopefully, you know, I can easily see them at Afro punk. Um, I could easily see them kind of performing. Maybe they, they performed at Afro punk. I don't even know. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a fan now. Definitely. Um, And I definitely think it's something that's just really interesting, you know, just like to hear a guitar whale. But they also have a really cool like backstory. And I just like the fact that like their music is very hyper political as well. You know, Um, it's really interesting. Like I kind of would say, like, if you like Kering Ben, this is probably a really interesting compliment because Kering Ben basically like, they appropriate a bunch of like world styles. (laughs) (laughs) Get it from the source, you know, like like don't get, don't it get twisted. Don't get the Urban version. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> that's what they. This is what we do in America. We just like steal from everybody. Um, but this is kind of like the same rhythms, just sped up a little bit more, and with way more whale and guitar. So it's a really interesting compliment if you like Korean Ben. So uh, definitely check them out. Yeah, no,
1: I'm a huge fan. What I like about the record is the fact of where, because it's. Uh, and you know this—a a lot of really strong instrumentalists go over. Oh, r- r- I'm gonna bring it back to the beginning of the podcast. Aren't really great songwriters. Mm. So it's like you know the the, techni- the technical chops are there, but you have to give me something to kind of to, to eat on. Like if it's just fantastic, you know, acrobatic playing, that's fine for soloing, but for an album, that gets very boring. Infamously, you've got a whole bunch of guitarists out there who like Steve Ray Vaughan, where their whole conveyor belt is. Crazy guitar playing, boring-ass songs. True. What's great about fucking here is the fact of where, like I said, there's riffs. Like, there's a meal here, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, ah. And again, not even in a rock and roll per se, but like, oh, there's melody. There's, as the kids say, bops. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's things you can hum along to, things that stay with you in the head. It's not just like, oh, this guy's a fantastic musician. But I, I don't, you know, this 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 first chorus verse, there's musical ideas that kind of come back to, you know, they revisit. You don't just drop and you know move on to the next solo so it's just a really well put together album and it was cool and it is cool like you said to hear a really good guitar based album like it's yeah. not that doesn't really feel that it's just like oh we it's it's a garage rock band it's we're doing doom metal we're doing you know it's 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 90s alt rock it's i was just listening to a new band uh, dry cleaning who's was pretty good but the second episode, i was like oh this is fucking you know this is uh fucking uh sonic youth yeah. Whereas it's like it's like, oh, these are not the regular normal signifiers. This is something that could easily be uncool, but he does it in a way where it's just fucking doping this up. So yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and and you know, I, I just quickly like I was reading an article about them because I, I think like a lot of rock people, like a lot of like rock journalists have kinda of latched on to this this you know, this artist. And it's really interesting because there's a I uh, I forgot what publication, but they're just talking about like you know people are saying rock is dead because they're looking at like this traditional white indie dichotomy <laughs> but if you look beyond that <laughs> there's a lot of really interesting you know rock music that's happening in africa in brazil asia like things like that um you know you just have to switch like your fucking like sound or like your expectations um because it's, it's out there so yeah props yeah. to them
1: props to them so uh yeah so that's it for Stone. Right now, we're alive from the hospital, recovering from our wounds from the NYPD. Um, <laughs> I got booked for jaywalking and apparently resisting arrest, even though I was just like, "Here, my hands are in the air," and they hit me with the batons. um, And uh, yeah, we're here, hope to sue, and we'll probably get cop harassment for the next couple of weeks while we do it. So um, yeah, oh, that was yeah. good. Get that no? payout. Yeah, get that the payout. happens. That happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh as usual y'all we love y'all stay safe i'm gonna throw this out there you're all eligible for the vaccine get the vax you know so i'm gonna be ready for this old black man you all waiting online for them jordans <laughs> you don't need to wait online <laughs> for them vaccines that was my my club oh, that was man. killer mike impressiony against killer mike Fred sanford and son red that, fox that, that was definitely
0: some old that's like like a combination old black man and old white man yeah, an entitled nice. white yuppie
1: I, I was trying to go I, I gotta I gotta work on my Yiddish I'm trying to get i try to get a little, little little angry Jewishy old dude little Larry Sanders in there you know what I'm mean? saying <laughs> trying to go a little in that direction but yeah no as usual we love y'all thanks for listening peace stay safe
0: peace
1: peace